0: Unlike you, Vampish, we're resolutely refusing to get anything out on camera for you this week. Welcome to Hand of (laughs) Pod. Pleasant evening in Kabashito, for the first time, possibly ever, I can't really remember some of the, the very early episodes, but uh, we're recording on a Monday evening, so hopefully this podcast will be with you a day earlier than normal this week. Um, the introduction was a reference to uh, something that isn't at all a talking point in Argentina, but which Seba got quite excited about yesterday. <laughs>
1: Not as excited as
0: <laughs> should. Um, no, no, ab- absolutely. Two inches of solid... Uh, Sorry, <laughs> sorry, mum. Um, <laughs> it is the, is the discovery essentially that if you go into Google Images, I don't think the domain name actually seems to matter, and type in Ivan Bishud, the name just of Bishoud. just the just Be Shud, B I L L U D. Yep, the name of Rassing's first choice right back. Well, listeners, listeners, please do it. You don't need to have a Safe Search on; the result will be the same. <laughs> if you are too young to view pornography, then Hand of Pod cannot recommend doing this search. But it was, um, it's quite an eye-opening site, anyway.
2: He tweets ever as well. He can also pass you the direct link. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> he has
2: it saved
0: on He'll be more than happy to. It, it's a reminder of the ever Banega situation after he moved to Valencia. But Bishud's a bit older than Banega, and possibly should have been a bit more sensible.
3: <laughs> <with her>. well, <laughs> these, was are, these are all pictures, presumably. We can <laughs> um, Yeah. <laughs> he trusted somebody too much. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the result.
0: <laughs> Very silly boy. Anyway, moving on. Moving swiftly on. Out of the gutter. That's your filth for this week, listen. We've had another weekend of, of league action, which I'm, I'm delighted to report sees River Plate proudly sitting, if he should like, at the top of the table. Um, after Estudiantes started off the weekend with a 0-0 draw at home to San Lorenzo, River got a 1-0 win on Saturday night at home to Banfield. Of course, Belles sarsfield won the very last game of the weekend 2-0 against Newell's Old Boys, a match which caused the resignation, a loss, sorry, which caused the resignation of Roberto Sensini, the Newell's manager, after the game, which means that Bellis are second, one point behind River and have the game in hand, but for now, it's regardless of the game in hand, like, I wasn't expecting to still see River top of the table nine matches in. They, they were top after four, but then they were also top after four of the Apertura and then fell away. So to yeah. still see them up there is is a very pleasant surprise for me. I'll be yeah, there when no I said before
1: they're playing very nice football, and uh, once again it was a nice goal. Yeah, and it wasn't quite on the level. Of it, wasn't a, it wasn't. It nice, wasn't. Oh, well, it was nice. Uh, I was going to say it wasn't as a, as a team build up hmm. like uh, like the previous week, but it was nice, really good w- footwork nice foot from in. Almeida firstly, and then Baboni. Yeah,
0: popping. very good finish as well. In off the in off the far post about halfway through the
2: second half. <laughs> I think the amazing thing for me though is that goal was only the ninth one that. River has scored all season. Nine goals in nine matches, and they've won, I think, five out of nine, only lost one, and mm. top of the table, like. And so it's a lot about their defence, which I think for the last couple of years has been an absolute disaster in
1: yeah, after, In short tournaments, after nine rounds, they are the team with the least number of goals yeah. to ever be top of the table.
0: Really? So I don't it's know. a nice little step. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, right. I'd, 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 it would be nice if they were free scoring. Mm. And I actually put on Twitter at half time of their match that if they, as a team, right, it's not so much a criticism of the of the one striker, if if they were capable of converting one third of their chances and capable of creating one third as many chances as they should with the way that they play, then they'd be scoring far more. They'd be scoring four or five a game. So it's a bit frustrating to only see them winning one nil, maybe on you know on the odd occasion two one, but it's nice to see them winning again after a very long time of not doing.
3: Oh, yeah. so
1: remember off the top of my head have they played uh, any of the other
3: well they played Vélez They only loss against Vélez, only loss yeah. was against Vélez. Yeah. Yeah. and he came with uh, after a mistake from their goalkeeper uh, Chichizola, mm-hmm. Leandro Chichizola. but he was only covering for Carrizo who was injured and now Carrizo is really becoming one of the
1: fantastic save mm-hmm.
3: Carrizo
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah something yeah. said that no, for goalkeepers week it's often week. more difficult to, to stay concentrated when you're not right. really busy and Carrizo did make a, one or two fantastic saves against Banfield on the very few occasions when they when they actually, as they say in Spanish, arrived at the opposing goal. It was a, it yeah, was he's been great. Carrizo's
3: been great since coming back from injury and, and, uh, and I think uh, he's one of the reasons. The local
0: national team yeah. as well. Yeah. And,
3: and he's a favourite to, to play at Copa America too. I think I'll I like it, yeah. I, I don't know if that's a first choice so keeper fit. but... He, he'll be there, he'll Definitely be there in the squad. Uh, yeah. in the squad. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah that's how you explain River's uh, River being top of the table their defensive performances, they're, they're, they're really really tough to score mm-hmm. against and uh, once they score on you it's really difficult to open the game again mm-hmm. and they know how, how to do it and it's even more praiseworthy because they're playing in a very difficult situation against the promedios the point mm. average and the relegation and to do that to be able to keep the composure and and, and to be solid at the back and, and not lose concentration stay and always stay in the game is really is really important well, and is
1: Jota Jota the coach or Pasarela who said uh, we're playing three tournaments we're playing uh, for it the was because <coughs> one of we're the tournaments was the economical right we're playing <laughs> for <laughs> the, the championship for the economic survival basically and, and relegation as well yeah they're, they're nice. under a lot of pressure and they're doing very well so far Yeah, but uh, yeah I'd like to see him against some of these other uh, contenders, against the likes of Estudiantes or even a, a pressure match against Boca and see how they go
2: but like well, Sam so um, you've probably seen a lot more River than any of us like being a River fan like how much of it is down to Lopez and what he's changed since going in the club or is it that they had the players at the start and they've just kind of had time to click now
0: I, I think Lopez deserves a lot of praise because, uh, quite aside from him, under successive presidents and under successive managers for about five years, really, River has stagnated, not, notwithstanding the, the win in the Klausura three years ago under Simeone, which immediately gave way to a bottom place <laughs> finish six months later in the Apertura. No, I, I, I think Lopez is, is, has shown himself to be a fantastic manager for the club at this time and the situation that they're in. Um, and I was actually going to mention that he's—he uh, made a comment three or four weeks ago, maybe, which I don't think actually pleased all of River's fan base, because as I, I don't think I'm wrong in saying that River fans have got a bit of a reputation for being really hard to please in Argentina. You're right. Um, <laughs> thank you, sir, <Sarah>, of the Argentine. <laughs> confirms that for me. And and uh, Jota, Jota Lopez said that he his vision of River. Was to make try and make them the Argentine Internazionale um, in in Mourinho's image, not in the, no, <laughs> not in the image of the s- shambolic <laughs> interside that, that we've got in Serie A at the moment. You know, really resolute, uh, sorry, resilient and, and strong at the back, and, uh, and and trying to to kind of win the games. But he's aware that they can't necessarily afford to go out and. and <laughs> For the benefit of our listeners, I've just had to cut a bit because uh, a helicopter, probably taking President Christina Kirchner back home from from her day job in the city centre, has just passed overhead, and I can't remember now what I was saying. It was um, it, it was about how R- River have been told to be very resilient at the back, yeah. Yeah. and um, and they kind of they they basically know that they can't go hell for leather and just go all out attacking because they they tried that so many times and it, it just hasn't worked at so many points over the last kind of decade so no I, I definitely think it, it's it, JJ has, has kind of come in and he's just he's been realistic which is what too many successive River managers didn't
1: do well you, you mentioned that the fans are unhappy about to what a lot of our listeners that probably wouldn't seem like an unusual uh, ideology at all but when you, when you think about well it's to do with the River's ethos as a club yeah exactly you know, they're, they're supposed to be the entertainers and the Play pretty football, whereas Boca, on the other hand, are the the team that that shows guts and determination, etc. So that's why that may have caused some a bit of a stir with fans. Yeah,
0: precisely. And I mean, I I obviously have come from a different uh, footballing perspective. I've not been a River fan all my life, but I also, you know, everybody likes to see good football being played and would like probably to think that their team. Is that kind of side, uh, but the end, the fact of the matter is for River at the moment that they've, they've got to get results or they're going to get relegated.
3: Yeah, and, I...
0: and that's that pressure is slowly easing now, and there's that bit more confidence, I think, coming into the team with every win that takes them away from the Promedio standings, and with the fact that Olimpo lost this weekend. Obviously, all boys got to win again, but all boys have, have looked. Bad enough <laughs> this season that that it well since the start of the year that it doesn't look like they're going to be much of a threat now, and and just playing a regular defence as well is you know makes a difference. You can actually name River's first choice back four, or back three plus Paolo Ferrari, who God knows what he does. I, there, I, I, I was doing some research actually on Paolo Ferrari the other day, and apparently he's River Plate's all-time. God knows who can pass these statistics. He's he's the all-time highest scoring fullback in River Plate's history. <laughs> oh. he's scored 14 not goals. Defender,
3: not defender, because Pasarela has. Yeah. To he yeah. has to have more goals than, than him, mm-hmm. the current president of River. But going back to the fans' uh, perception of this moment in time for River, is probably one of the all-time lows in the ho- in the whole history of mm-hmm. the of the club. Talking to River fans, to friends of mine, uh, I'm kind of sensing that they went uh, around, they, they turn around the corner in, in in regards of trying to ask the team to be attractive, to play the passing game, and to <coughs> to play with a really lovely style they now want the result first yeah. and i'm not saying the mentality has changed ha, ha changed forever because they will eventually if they're out of the the gutter, they will probably try and and, and be more uh, demanding from, from from what they want to see from the, from their team but i i can feel that, like there is a bit of a unmentioned kind of uh, Feeling among fans, and they're all behind. They're all in the same cause, you know, like mm. supporting the same cause. And and they know that once you're against uh, the relegation, once you're, your your back is against the wall, first you need to grind out the results, and then then ask the team to be exactly attractive. Yeah. And,
0: and also I think it helps to an extent that although we're talking about some very in terms of scoreline some really narrow wins, as we say, nine goals scored in nine games. Actually, watching the team play is still enjoyable. Right. They yeah. do play good football. They they pass it around. They dominate matches, which is why I'm saying that you know you often think they should be four or five up at half time sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was hypothesising over the weekend about you know what what this team would be like to watch if they'd kept hold of Radamel Falcao Garcia for another 12 months, who's who's currently. Well, he's just won the Portuguese league with Porto, the, the Colombian forward who, who came through River's youth ranks,
3: Or Alexis Sanchez, yeah, who's mm-hmm. <laughs> sitting in the world Light yeah, for Inese.
0: And who's actually been linked with Man City today, I
3: think,
0: uh-huh. for some ridiculous feat. You know, if they, if they kept hold of either of them, or, you know, th- th- there's there's some talk, I don't know how much credence there is in it, given the gulf in in financial levels between Argentina and Brazil at the moment but there is a bit of talk about possibly Fernando Cabanaki wanting to come back to river as well he's not quite maybe on the same level as say Alcal but but he was a good striker when he was when he was in Argentina certainly he knows the Argentine League all of
3: all of them all of the <coughs> former River players they will have to take a major uh, pay cut mm. to come mm. back to River it's, it's impossible for River or any team in Argentina to compete with with Brazil mm. now um, the, the, the real, the currency in Brazil is really really strong and the peso is going the other way at the moment so at the moment uh, outside of Europe I think the Brazilian league is probably the most exciting when it comes to the names and the competition and, and how many good teams they are uh, building like there is a, at least one in, in 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 all of the big clubs in Brazil at least one player that could still be playing in Europe for Right. Another five years And, yeah. and th- every day that passes There's another one coming
2: back. I know one player I've seen a lot of in Brazil Like it's another Argentine, Walter Monticho Walter Montillo Who yeah. I don't think Will be very familiar To European f- listeners Because I don't think He ever arrived in Europe He played for San Lorenzo If I'm right Yeah And then he went to Chile
3: Universidad Did it brilliant
2: In yeah. Universidad de Chile And now he's Playing fantastically In Brazil For Cruzeiro For Cruzeiro, yeah and I think he's only maybe 26, maybe 27, like, and so you just kind of have these players who were well-known, I guess, here in Argentina and then they kind of go to Brazil and they just thrive in the football there, like, it shows just the level of players that aren't even heard of in Europe that Argentina has to offer.
3: Yeah, and I doubt anybody in Argentina could pay Montillo the same amount, in no, Spain, no chance, no. and I don't know how much of they paying but that's my guess. Yeah. That's,
1: for some reason, they, they always seem to be focusing on which ex players we can bring back. But if they could actually hang on to this, the bulk of this team for the next th- two Absolutely, years, yeah, three nine years, years. Yeah. they have a fantastic team in three years. Obviously,
0: Juan is going to Spain at the end of the season. Uh, Malaga.
1: Well, right, even apart from <laughs> well,
0: to, to Malaga unless Malaga get relegated, in which case they'll they'll loan him out to. I think I'd like to go Madrid are probably the, oh. the most likely from what I've heard who ironically a team he almost joined just over a year ago before his car accident but I know
3: they're probably wishing Malaga is yeah. <laughs> <probably> yeah, <laughs> like Raleigh, the
0: Serie B yeah. the, La um, Liga B but yeah I mean so, so you know River are going to be accepting that obviously they've lost him already but albeit they've got a, a decent chunk yeah, of yeah
1: I don't even uh, but to be honest I don't rate him that highly but, uh,
0: no, uh, t- <laughs> but But this is what I'm saying I mean they've accepted that they've lost him but you're right and that if they can hold on to just one of Lamela lancini mm. uh, So if they can hold on to both over, over the coming winter, then that would be fantastic, and just reinforce with a couple right, of right. If, if
1: they as, as, if they continue this good run and they get out of the relegation relegation dogfight a little bit, concentrate on continuing this uh, this nice team that they're building, and they'll, they'll be a they'll be a good team again. And and there, one be, the
3: there could probably be a clash of interest for Passarella because it would be fantastic if those players could stay it would be fantastic for the football tournament he's playing mm. but not for the financial tournament not he's for the other no, not for the, the tournament exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, it, it he, they need to sell they, they are really it might, really
0: yeah. it might help if he can get the kind of fee that he would like for Rogelio Gabriel <laughs> Rogelio no Gabriel <laughs> no Rogelio Funes Mori because you know that he's uh, I, I, we've mentioned it before and of course it, it's we well known oui. that, that I don't <laughs> no no I'm, I'm, we, we've, all, we, we've we have talked about the fact that he's probably going to Europe and ah. it's well known by all of our regular listeners that I don't rate him very highly at all
1: I think Passadella is the same and then but, that was his but
0: he's, he's going to go for a fair bit of money when he goes oh. and it will probably be this winter and the fact that a player who isn't in the first team I mean he he came off coming back from injury to last week in yeah. but yeah, but he,
1: he 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 played in the Sudamericano. Mm. So,
3: but yeah,
0: since then he yeah, has been. That's where he got injured. He, yeah.
1: yeah. So um, I think that that has always been Pasadena's plan, and I think that's why he let him go to the Sudamericano to put him in the shop window. Mm. His plan was always to sell him from a, for as much as he as he could.
3: And he was fired. because he didn't he have a very good tournament,
1: up. and now he's injured, and so he's not, you know, he, he's not in the, getting the attention of the European clubs. So his value has probably gone down since. But I think Passarella said himself, if he can sell him for the kind of price he wants, that's going to kind of level out their finances. Yeah.
2: yeah. Although I think, for me, like one player we should mention for River, who possibly won't be there next year, depending on how his legs and his joints are doing, is Almeida, who for me has been absolutely fantastic this year.
1: And yeah. he's
3: like
2: getting, a, what, 37 now and you yeah. got to wonder how long he can keep it talk, up because he's... There, there's still
3: he renew or is going to yeah. uh, re- renew his contract, he's going to stay. But it's an amazing story. He's been retired for two years, mm. came back, played for a fourth or fifth division outfit, got two red cards in consecutive games. He was, he was over, he was all over. Mm. And I remember uh, after he finished his uh, career in Italy, which was really long and unsuccessful. He signed for Independiente, but then he got COVID, and he felt that this, the country was really not a safe place. The city of Buenos Aires was, was not really safe. He he didn't feel safe enough to to, to stay and live in this in in the country. Mm. So he left. He went to Scandinavia. I, I could be wrong. I think it was Dem- um, Norway, mm. or could be Denmark too. Or, sorry if I I'm not getting. I haven't read about this before.
0: <laughs> We've got listeners in all yeah. every single I'm sure they're going to so help if you're us. You're one of them. Please let us know. Time. Yeah, yeah
3: they, they're going to help us. Um, so he played there for a while, and then he started playing with Maradona and uh, we, Maradona and, and his friends playing kind <laughs> of <ball>. uh, <laughs> indoor soccer, indoor football show called Showball, which, which is like
0: is a, the masters. It, it's kind of an, an ex-pro slash celebrity yeah five like size league it's embarrassing so for Colombia
3: for Colombia you can see players like uh, like Valderrama, mm-hmm. Leonel Alvarez, mm-hmm. the core of the of the early '90s team which is which was amazing to watch but now it's kind of uh, not so amazing <laughs> <laughs> let's we oversell it as well I have to say I, I saw
0: one showbomb game about four years ago on the television here between Argentina and Brazil and, it, and obviously it, it had been arranged by Maradona yeah because they're all that, that you know he's, he's the so money speaking operation for him right and it's entirely mm, new course. to the money and, and the commercial ads but th- this game was Argentina versus Brazil <laughs> it was being held in Buenos Aires and it was being obviously televised live in Argentina because there was no football because it was the summer in Brazil where there's competitive football I very much doubt many people were watching it because the state championships had started and Brazil were winning going into extra time and the referee added on so much stoppage time you, know, like, you could tell that he was adding it on and and, and my then girlfriend who Argentine said to me she went the ref's going to add on the stoppage time until Argentina equalised which then happened and then it went into so many overtimes and if, if if the overtime was you know Brazil were winning at the end of the five minute section or whatever <laughs> <that, more laughs> basketball, more stoppage time Argentina equalised right that's the end of that over- and when they were winning it when Argentina were winning at the end of one of them full full. Full time whistle. I never and saw, saw that. Not even at Old no, Trafford. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, <laughs> and it was just exactly. Yeah. Thank you. But <laughs> well, it was just. It was kind of. It was shameless, and it was just kind of such a. Any pretense of it actually being a competitive exercise is yeah. shot. And I, and yeah.
3: and Almeida was part of that team. It was. There is actually a national, f- showboy yeah. national <laughs> team. You have an organized team exactly. Yeah. is a keeper. Yeah. Like all oh, uh, World Cup heroes for mm. Argentina, playing around Maradona, and when when you see a player. Taking part of the show, ball you you, you think he's uh, he's he's over, like right exactly. He, yeah. His career is over. But then he had a chance at River, and I saw it as a kind of a desperation move by both the, the player yeah. and the club. But he is working to perfection now. Yeah. He was man of the match against Bonf- Bonfield, and uh, he's looking like the, the best player in the last two years.
0: Yeah, and he's he's a name that uh, certainly I think a lot of English. Listeners might actually not be all that familiar with, but he's—he he was playing in the um, one of my favourite football matches of all time, actually—the the, Argentina England in the '98 World Cup, in that 2-2 draw. He was—he was one of the the Argentine midfield in that, playing alongside Sevabaron. So that's how old he is. <laughs> he was playing in that game, and he was already about 25 or 26 or something then. So yeah. But speaking of 37-year-olds whose legs are starting to desert them, we've got a selection to. D- to pick from this week really um, Every
1: week we have.
0: We, we've been talking about rivers, so let's move on to a River player who's out on loan at the moment and who's been in the headlines just today Monday as we're recording Ariel Ortega who's been on loan at All Boys uh, All Boys got a 1-0 away win at the weekend it was against Tigre. Tigre. Tigre through ironically through Hugo Barrientos a player who we've all put the boot into on hand of pod several times because he, he seen,
2: puts the boot into everyone else thank <laughs> you very much for
0: providing the punchline there all right. um, yeah. and uh, Ortega was not playing in that game and the reason he wasn't playing in that game primarily was that he didn't turn up to training on Thursday or Friday last oh, yeah. week he did phone ahead on the Thursday morning or Wednesday evening to inform the club's physio that he wouldn't be going uh, but he it, it was slightly strange actually the papers just said he didn't give an explanation as to why. Whether that means the club physio didn't ask him for one. <laughs> or whether the club physio said, and why wouldn't you be there, Ariel? And just heard a click as the phone was hung up. We don't know. But I, Ortega... think, I, saw, I think I saw something
1: about personal reasons.
0: Yeah, yeah the... I
2: remember I saw on the Friday afternoon, I saw an interview with Jose Pepe Romero, who's like the, the All Boys coach. And he went on and said, yeah, well, Ortega rang us, some whatever that was, and said it was for personal reasons. Mm. The interview is kind of... Obviously, that's not a particularly convincing explanation that says oh so what were the personal reasons oh I don't know like he didn't tell me and it's like and then he just started kind of wildly speculating in a way no other coach in any other country would do kind of well you know we all kind of know what problems Ortega has Uh, I can't really say if it's his old problem coming up again like I don't know the the, the old problem
0: in question is a kind of ongoing battle that he's had at least since he came back to Argentina uh, which the Argentine press don't like to talk about it at all i think it's seen as a lack of respect sir, so, but would that be right
3: lack of respect uh, to for to him, him as a person
0: um but he's had problems with alcohol. but calm,
3: he he went he went in the open he said i had a problem with yeah. alcohol and uh before that it was kind of a an open secret and nobody wanted, really wanted to to say it to yeah. to go public on it it and seems
2: to me in the press side that reporters would do everything but say the words like They'll leave you in absolutely no doubt that's what they're trying to say with their words, but they'll never actually say Alcolidmo. Yeah. Those words will never appear. Yeah, in you know, every other what, sense, it comes out.
1: Which is what Sam was alluding to. Um, uh, it's strange that they, they won't say it now. He, you know, like, you can you understand previously where it was, a, it was a private issue and he never came yeah. public with it, mm-hmm. but now that everybody knows. Exactly, that, that's the thing. It's, like, uh, it, it's an attitude, for instance, that you certainly wouldn't get
0: in, in Britain if a footballer had a drinking problem. It would be very much... Publicised the drinking problem, but the fact that even now Ortega himself has admitted it, they're still reluctant to say it. Is
1: mm-hmm. you wonder? Um, well, you anyway, you so exactly why yeah, why and, there. and this but is the way it, it always manifests itself. He, he misses training sessions. He gets dropped from the the, the team for the
2: comes for the back, powers yeah. clean up his act. Right. He does and, it for about a month, and
1: and apparently y-
0: yesterday there was there was some stuff on the on a couple of the TV channels saying that he'd phoned up Pepe Romero, the the manager saying that he would like to speak to, to the manager on, on Monday morning, this this morning as as we're recording, and to the rest of the squad in two separate conversations, I think was the illusion. And he wasn't going to say what it was about, but that he'd like to talk to them today. And I, t- I don't think the details have actually come out about what it was yet, Is it uh, have they? But uh, One River Plate fan site uh, put up something this morning, a quote from Ortega saying that, he, wanted to, he, he didn't see himself going back to Warboys and wished he'd never left River, which in itself is a funny thing to say, given that River didn't give him a choice about whether he was going or not, and which Ortega then, a couple of hours later, live on television, strenuously denied ever having said. It's a very strange situation.
3: Yeah, a very cynic friend of mine, he said that this was the best move by Pasarela. He sent... Uh, Ortega to All Boys to undermine All Boys' <laughs> campaign. <laughs> and uh, that probably had some true. element of truth, of, of truth behind. And wh- what really puzzled me at the time River of Load uh, Ortega on loan to All Boys was that at the same time they were sending him on loan to a relegation rival. Yeah. They renew his contract. Yeah. He's 37 and then they renew his contract the, the for... The
0: explanation, of course, his contract was going to run out in June this year and the explanation ah. they gave was that he had to have a renewal in order to therefore be loaned out until mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that point. But he's it's, it's renewed for three he's years. It still, like?
3: still made no sense for many people, yeah. like saying, oh, okay, you're renewing the contract for this guy, why don't you keep him? Uh, wait until the contract expires, mm. and mm. that's it. Yeah. And probably it's because they don't want to be the, the
1: give the impression that they're getting rid of him. Right exactly, and down. they don't want
3: to be the ones say the, the ones taking the, the blame eventually if things go wrong. Yeah, like mm. the, the the common fan loves Ortega. They, 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 that's one thing we have to understand. Is like their main idol these days, like mm. it, and it's it's among the top three or four yeah. all-time heroes for for River fans. Yeah. Uh, maybe five but then Uh, to me I think this is another case
2: of this kind of like conflict between a lot of Argentine fans like they're so demanding of their team on the field like especially teams like uh, Riva Boca Racing and Independiente they have to win pretty much every game that's the expectation they go into every game they're looking for a win but at the same time they keep kind of this attachment to, to players that we see on the field and to us look absolutely past it I mean obviously the one which will probably bring us nicely onto the next subject is Martin Palermo, who's just gone, who just this weekend passed his all-time record. I'm not sure if At it Boca. was in Boca At or Boca, in Boca, yeah, yeah. yeah. Boca. in Boca for not scoring, which is now I think it's up to 14 hours now, and is he it reached a, that a hundred in hundred and sixty two uh, minutes. Yeah, if I'm wrong. yeah, yeah 770
1: or, was the was the record that he passed, yeah, which yeah. was from when he was playing in Estudiantes yeah. years and years ago. So now it's about
2: 14 hours, but still, you know, you talk to a lot of Boca fans and. They wouldn't dream of kind of of kicking out the team. Yeah,
0: it's still got to be starting, and yeah, and, and this is with both uh, Palermo and Ortega. The, the reason that the fans of the two clubs, River in, in Ortega's case, in fact, that servers just been mentioning, are being so forgiving is this kind of uh, in Argentina, it's a country where mythology kind of gets created around yeah. you know a lot of. Of public figures, and you know, it's happened with South previous America presidents and, and yeah. politicians, and yeah. um, you know, historical figures as well. And it, it certainly happens just as much with with football. And, and, and that's kind of it, it's kind of why it happens. I, I think it, it's, it it leads to fans being, as Dan says, on the one hand, incredibly demanding of the team, but on the other, unbelievably forgiving of of a player who's <laughs> to our Northern European. Or anglophone in Ozzy Dan's case, eyes. <coughs> um, or half English in my case. <laughs> 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 to uh, Sebastian the Garcia says. Uh, but yeah, clearly, clearly, to a, a player who's just passed it. Um, mm. to, to well, related well, to this
1: uh, concept of, uh, of the knight in shining armor who comes and, and rescues you. Uh, I was talking to uh, again Pablo, the, if you guys remember from uh, from the first hand of Pod, we talked about Boca, the Boca fan. Talking about him, talking to him this morning, and he reckons after this campaign, we, we should mention Boca lost again to Lanús. Two-nil, yeah. So that's five out of nine games that they've lost. He reckons uh, Maradona is going to be called in to coach Boca as they struggle for relegation next year.
0: And of course, Maradona got the national team job in the first place because of this whole. Yeah, and it, he, he, he's, salty he, he, as well.
1: he's the same. The same concept here, where they, they they did the sensible thing this year. They got a. A well-respected coach. Uh, they bought defensive players. They they shored up the midfield. It didn't work. So now they're going to go for like the Hail Mary approach. <laughs> um, call up uh, an idol, Maradona, yeah. and just hope that somehow magically he he gets them out of the out of the. A- as a, as a River
0: Plate fan, I'd love to see Diego Maradona. Matt as Dino,
1: a, <laughs> I would love to see him there, but it, it would be chaos. I mean, it's, you can imagine. I'd yeah.
0: Well, and, and also, <laughs> it has to be said as well. As football journalists, I'm sure we would all. Uh, yeah. that as
1: well, because it'll make our careers. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm going to put the microphone down very briefly because I've run out of Fernet, So I'm going to go and get a, get some ice cubes. And when we're back after this little break in theme music, we're going to talk about one of the very big fixtures that's coming up in the next round of the Torneo. Dos mil oncee klausura. Donneo klausura dos mil oncee.
3: Copa Marvinas Argentinas. Thank you.
0: Welcome back to part two. The first thing I'm going to do before we start talking is apologize uh, for a distinct lack of unbiased coverage that's going to be happening in this section. We did try to get hold of an Independiente fan for this week who spoke English, but unfortunately we didn't have any luck. The only one we knew was unable to make the recording session. Um,
3: and, and just not, not to contradict you, but... The independiente fans are very quiet so probably yeah. we would have b- bring someone in and he would have gone quiet for 90 minutes <laughs>
0: <laughs> And okay. as our list- that's,
3: that's my last piece of advice <laughs> yeah.
0: and, and as our, listeners, first, first, as our sure. listeners may have guessed from that by that comment from racing fan seba the match that we're talking about now is the the first of the the really big clasicos of the season argentina is Uh, Depending on whether you're from Rosario or not Argentina's second or third uh, biggest derby It's Independiente against Racing Or more correctly said Because it's in Racing Stadium this time around Racing versus Independiente On Saturday afternoon Obviously you'll all have heard of River Plate against Boca Juniors But this one is at least as noisy According to these two I'm pointing the microphone at Serba and Dan who are smirking to themselves it's a much bigger fixture as well from my point of view I think it acts as the kind of the appetizer because the Super Classico is in another couple of weeks after that (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so guys uh, although we're laughing at Independiente at the moment I I guarantee I I, I gather that you're both fairly pessimistic about your chances in this Classico Uh, uh, just just before
3: that I wanted to to put this Classico in, Mm. in Perspective for a few things to say for the well newcomers. Well. This is uh, this is a clash taking place between two clubs that are among the big five in Argentina. They both have win have won the Intercontinental Cup. They won the Copa Libertadores two. Their stadiums are separated only by a hundred meters, and they're big concrete stadiums. And uh, not
0: exaggerating though their stadiums are literally yeah literally hundred yeah. meters apart. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And and uh, unlike Boca and River that it's uh, both are really really nationwide It's a nationwide Mm. affair but you get uh, another uh, feeling when when you when you see Racing Independiente play because it takes place just south of Buenos Aires just going out of the city limits to the south and it's a it's a it's a different city called Avellaneda and the city stops literally stops in Buenos Aires Buenos Aires, uh, when River and Boca play, is is different. They're, they have many, many focuses in, in in many different cities uh, in in every province. But Buenos Aires is not bring to to a major, to to an entire halt. There's still life going on mm-hmm. uh, apart from the from the game. In in Avellaneda, when these two meet, there's nothing going on. Everyone is involved in the game somehow. So that that's. Just to, to to put it into perspective. I'd
2: say something similar as well. I mean, I've had the I've had the luck of going to two Independiente Racing Clásico since I've been in Buenos Aires, and also one River Boca Clásico. And I found for me, I went to River against Boca, which would be in the Apertura 2009. And I found it a little bit overwhelming because you know you come to the stadium and the first thing you realise is this this is like a game that gets hyped pretty much all over the world. So you got all these different companies that sell tourist packages for it. I mean, the sector of the stadium I was in, I went, because I was working, I wouldn't have chosen a guy. But I went in, there was uh, loads like, you heard foreign voices all over the place, English voices, American voices, and, you know, they were there to kind of, like, watch this supposedly big show. they probably sell the tickets, I don't know, with uh, tango shows and dinners (laughs) with steaks, God knows. But I think, yeah, like, um, for me, Racing Independiente is a lot more of kind of a pure football... Classical like the things you'll see in the two respective stadiums, will be like a lot bigger and like they'll they'll blow your mind a lot, a lot more. Even if it's not as hyped as the Super Clasico.
1: So we've picked it up. Uh, So talking about the the form of the two teams coming into it. Mm -hmm. So uh, we were talking about Racing a few weeks ago as being title contenders, but now they've lost three in a row.
3: Yeah, because a few weeks ago Racing had 12 points and now Racing only have 13. And Independiente, on the other hand. They went the last five without defeat, and now they're also on 13. They got eliminated from Copa Libertadores. Well, they still have a chance. They need to go to Uruguay, beat beat Peñarol, 8-0, and wait for Godoy Cruz and Liga de Quito to play for a draw, which is almost impossible to happen.
0: Just to put the total of 13 points into some perspective for the listeners, Uh, River, who are top of the table, have 18, Mm -hmm. Vélez second, with 17, Estudiantes, San Lorenzo... Joint third with Olympus. sixteen, with 16 and Olympus, yeah. Sorry, yeah. So they're kind of solid mid-table, but obviously we talked last week about just how close the league is. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. And uh, so the implications for this one, m- mostly because of the league position for both, are massive. Because yes. I think whatever team, it, yeah, whatever team
2: wins on Saturday, yeah, I wouldn't say you know they'll be title to contenders, but they could definitely use it as a springboard to go on and have a really good last half of the season. I think for both teams, it's absolutely crucial, probably more than in prior seasons.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, basically, historically and in the head-to-head in the have a massive advantage, mm-hmm. like more than twenty games advantage. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though when I was a kid, Racing won eleven years without defeat in this uh, Clásico. Now it's kind of the opposite. It's not that long since we since Racing beat Independiente. Last but last couple of matches were uh, were all red. So. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can be objective enough to say what is going to happen my heart says Racing of course but my head says draw or even worst case scenario
2: I can't say that much different from Seba I mean I think for me trying to be as objective as possible but I think I'm going to fail I'd say on paper Racing have the stronger team man for man they have a stronger team a stronger 11 than Independiente can put out but Independiente coming on with the good form and racing of, you know, what, uh, lost three and drawn one in the last four. We drew nil-nil against Durrakan in an awful, awful game on Saturday, which I don't think any L'Academia fan enjoyed particularly. The good thing for racing is there's a couple of players that were suspended in the last in the last round that will be coming back. Uh, Lucas Leicht and Matias Martinez, who are two, like, crucial players, as we saw on Saturday, where their replacements both had nightmares. So, it's not out of the question that Racing could win, but it's going to be... They've got to kind of forget about this kind of pretty football that they've really tried to play this season. You know, passing out of defence and trying all this, and they've really just got to kind of like pound, pound into Benyente, kind of really go like back to the wall kind of stuff. And I don't know if they've got the team to do it. It's gonna, It's going to be tricky. A draw, I think, would be would be nice for us.
3: We're going to have to wait and see what Misty has I have to say. Exactly, about that. Yeah. Yeah. For predictions, he's, he's our man. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have
1: to wait and see. But for as a, as a neutral for now, like uh, I agree with what Dan said there, where Racing have a better team on paper, uh, but at the same time, Independiente have better form coming into the game. And it's a Clásico, so it's going to be really hard to, to predict. Yeah, well,
0: Independiente's form is a funny one, because I, I said during the break, whilst I was playing our listeners some nice soothing music, um the independiente were rubbish. Because I've got fresh in my memory the <coughs> dreadful performance really that they put in against Liga de Quito. When they could have killed the game off a long time before they did and ended up conceding a really stupid own goal. In to way way d- way d- way. Yeah, to to draw the match yeah. at one one, thank you Which has left them all a bit eliminated from the Copa As we're saying then they need to go to Peñarol who have all but qualified. Of course already. they have, yeah, because Liga
1: and Godoy can't
0: I think we can safely it. say that they're they're out of the. And, yeah, they, they need to beat Penura They're
2: in reserves nil. against Penura, so it so, yeah. shows where their priorities lie. Precisely. And yet, yeah, at
0: the same time as putting in this really bad performance in the copper, they, they've finally kind of got the measure of things in the league, seem to have realised that they need to put together some good performances and get some results, or they're going to be slipping down into the relegation positions, which. As you say, Sebroke, a few weeks ago we were talking about in title challenges, and also we mentioning the fact that Independiente had to be careful not to avoid a, uh, not not to slip into a relegation mm. battle. And they're, they're they're kind of they're well clear of that now. They're about two or three points above River in the in the promedial standings, and and they're looking fairly comfortable in in those terms. But the upturn in form for me has been really startling. I mean, on it was Friday night, wasn't it? They they played against Godoy Cruz at home. And Godoy Cruz, of course, one of the teams who might well qualify for the knockout stage at Libertadores at Independiente's expense got a really really good team they play good football they're nice to watch it's the most successful side in the history of the club as well which I think counts for something they're kind of riding the top of the wave at the moment and Independiente won 3 nil. yeah and, and mm-hmm. three lovely goals yeah and it never really looked difficult for them even though as you're saying yeah I, th- I thought it was seven, I thought it was a, a of pretty chances.
3: even game and in the early stages of the second half, Cruz had a couple of great opportunities to go ahead. They they couldn't do it, and Independiente hit them on the break. Mm-hmm. Lovely goal by a youngster called Ivan Perez, one to watch mm-hmm. for the future. And then after that, they they scored with everything they threw they threw at them. So um, it was really it ended up being a convincing win for them, and, and it looked surprising on paper for many. But they're more than capable of doing it when they're in their game, in their day, so I'm hoping that was the last, <laughs> yeah, and, and <laughs> the last is, day
0: of the season. And this is um, something that I mentioned as well during the break was was that Independiente's goals really are coming from all over the pitch. So they've not got. You look at the team and you think Nestor Silvera, who's their kind of big target man it's the obvious goal scoring threat and during the Apertura he really looked like their only competent player but now they've got you know they're, they're scoring kind of on Sat on, on Friday night it was one goal from goal each from three different players you can't say who's going to score the majority of the goals and I think that, that's the sign of a, a team who are coming into form as well when you've got that many players capable of scoring at, at any given time yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, even, you know their, their centre backs are contributing from from set pieces yeah, and uh, as well.
3: And one point I forgot to mention is that their three goalkeepers are great. Right. Yeah. Three three and they always really really do the a job against racing. <laughs> <laughs> racing. Whoever's in goal does uh, yeah, which, which is, a sublime Which is probably, racing. on the other hand, is probably ra- Racing's main weakness at the moment. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and of course, one,
0: m- one of Independiente's excellent goalkeepers is a former Racing player. Yeah. As well. Navarro.
3: Navarro. And Fabian Asman is. Uh, Another one who's been on the national team rider for, yeah. for, for for a bit, and I'm also Gavarini, Gavarini course, You're gonna have to yeah. that out, so. yeah. Asman, Asman. Asman. Yeah. That's, that's his name, and you should see his wife, what <laughs> his wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Not his photos, but what his wife looks looks like. I think he has the best uh, appropriate surname ever in the history of the game. Just look for Fabian Asman's yeah. uh, wife. <laughs> I can, give you, the wife
1: name, and I can Q- give you the
3: name, I can give you the name, is uh, Melina Pitra, uh, the surname is P-I-T-R-A, and that's Fabian Asman, or should I call him The Asman? <laughs> the as- and the pod is meeting Aslan.
0: all of your late night Google search yeah. needs tonight.
3: So because it's one for the ladies and one for the for, yeah. for the gentlemen that, that listen to HandelPod. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's another. And that's, that was the reason, that was, that was what separated the, the two teams in the last couple of. Uh, in the last two, definitely. Yeah. The, uh, classicos. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, another thing that's, that's going to be happening again in this Classico, and which was a shame about the last one, is that once again, obviously we've mentioned the injury plenty of times before, but Gio Moreno isn't going to be involved again. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's one of the things I'm guessing that as Racing fans, you'd really really like to be able to hang on to it for at least one more year so that he gets to play one classic mm. against Independiente at least. He's, he's spoken himself about his frustration at being out of the team. He said the team are going to be winning the league and I can't take part. Mm. Teofilo Gutierrez surely is going to have to step up. Not at all that we're casting any doubt on his ability to do so because he's been fantastic so far. Well, so he strikes me
1: as one of the, the key players in this yeah, game. We, we, I think we were talking before you came Sam about uh, yeah, he has dropped off in form a bit. Like yeah. uh, after such a good start, we talked about him a few weeks ago. He d- he didn't look very good in that in the last game. Missed weekend. a couple of one on one very
3: good chances. Yeah. yeah. The only one on one he won was uh, when he fought against, <laughs> Racing keeper in, in one of the training sessions. Yeah. <laughs> he won that one on one, but that was the last time he beat the goalkeeper Which
0: actually seems to pretty much coincide with this kind of downturn in form. Yeah. As well. That was yeah. That was two or three matches ago. Yeah. And I know he'd scored the weekend before that happened and.
1: And hasn't done since don't think. He's one of those strikers that doesn't do much else apart from score. So when he's not scoring, he's yeah. not looking very impressive. At all.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so what was your your prediction for the match? Then? My prediction would be, I'm going to go for a draw. And and I think that I'd, I'd agree with what what's been said about Racing having man for man a better team, and obviously Independiente being in better form. I think that also knowing, I'm not even a Racing fan, but I'm going to say it, knowing Racing's luck in these things, mm. Independiente <laughs> are probably the slightly more likely winners, yeah. but I think a draw is, is the most likely result. And is it safe now to to play your theme music, Dan, yeah, and to ask that. for Mystic Duns? Dan's putting on his witch's hat and getting out his crystal ball. So I start to foam
1: at the mouth and my head starts spinning around. Yeah, <laughs> That's and, uh, why we play
0: the music. So we'll be back in a second.
1: Picking San Lorenzo to win at home to Lanús. Um, Newells to win away to Quilmes. I'll leave the Clásico to last. Always Huracán draw. Uh, Godoy Cruz to beat Argentinos. Estudiantes to win away to Olimpo. Boca to beat Tigre. Colón Vélez draw. River to win away to Gymnasia. Uh, Banfield to beat Arsenal. And in the Clásico, I'm going to do these guys here a favor and say Independiente to win.
0: Uh, to clarify why would while you're doing them a favour by saying uh, how many did you get? I think I'm only one. got three. Three? So great. it's falling That's slightly good. below your normal standard. Yeah, I've had it I've had a three before any of those predictions interest you guys apart from the obvious one? Yeah, well...
2: uh, The Newell's one I think is a very brave prediction
3: because they've been pretty awful. And they just lost the manager but they're they're going to play. Yeah. They're going to play against the the, the bottom team. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Last versus the second last so, you know.
3: If they ever going to win one (laughs) game it's going to be this one. I've got to say Kilmeade's have looked like... um, I
2: wouldn't say they've looked a good side in recent weeks but (laughs) they're definitely under Caruso they've looked a lot tighter a lot more battling I mean they, Um, they were robbed of a victory in... In the last minute at the weekend against Arsenal, Ali, they conceded one for a 2-all. Whereas Newell's looked absolutely pitiful. It said something about this game where they lost 2-0 against Villas, and their keeper, Sebastián Parata, got a 10 out of 10 from Ole and the man of the match because he just <laughs> saved them from about a 10-0 spanking, basically. Even though in, in that game, I have to say, I, I, I said before it went on air,
0: on air in motor Commons, um, that I was going to complain about this Santiago Silva fantastic striker he scored an absolutely belting goal for Belas to put them 1-0 up after 7 minutes turned the defender and then it, it was one of those where you know it was clearly kind of a really early shot which caught the keeper out you think he's going to turn the defender plough into the area and then shoot but he just turned the defender and then let, let fly for about 25 yards out and straight into the bottom corner but he's got the most irritating goal celebrations. <laughs> Of any player in the league. Oh, I like him. But fun. he did a fantastic <laughs> one.
2: He did a fantastic one the other week, where he actually got into the little um, stretcher. I um, know. Oh, we we, we really call it the medical it. cart. Like, yeah. And he just Pretended to drive it. it was the, great. the business
0: of picking up the photographer's camera and taking a picture of his teammates. I can, I can cope with that. Except that everybody in the, the press in Argentina all treated it, all treated it as if Samuelito hadn't done it about two years before him. <laughs> um, but it's more just the press reaction to it because I mean today on Monday,
1: T- tell us, talk us through his celebration this time. What, did he,
0: do? what, what he did this time was um, get, and, and God he knows did. how this didn't earn him a yellow card, either, <laughs> <laughs> was was to take a candle out from somewhere that he had on his person. <laughs> Somebody there gave. That, just that gave might him be a another candle. Google image search <laughs> yeah. for our, our yeah, listeners. Another candle. And and light it and present it to Augusto Fernandez, whose 25th birthday
1: it was on on the day. He actually lit it on the field. Yeah, and, um, and they and they, no, they also sort of stood around singing Happy Birthday. It was it yeah. was
3: already lit when they handed it to him. Uh, uh,
1: yeah. Otherwise, who handed it to him?
3: Somebody probably <laughs> fired.
1: It was already
0: lit <laughs> when he pulled it out of his backside. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and Fernandez blew it out. And, and in fairness to him, Fernandez did also score later on in the game. I I I'm not any really problem with with Fernandez's players as a whole, but my real beef with this is that on on Monday the day that we're recording we had uh, a number of stories including the Ortega story which we've already gone over were really actually big news and the main item on the Olay website during the morning was What's Santiago Silva going to do for his next goal? <laughs> celebration? <laughs> and it's they, they, they it's quite irritating. Game. I, I, I yeah, don't like yeah. it. Oh, I a character. A character. Yeah, I guess yeah. one
2: thing we can say as well is that the way Silva's playing, the way Villa's playing, we're not going to have to wait too long to find out. Anything. No,
0: absolutely. And, 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 and also mention. to clarify, I, I should say as well, it's not so much the celebrations mm-hmm. I've got a problem with, it's more the kind of the really enthusiastic reaction to them and the way that the media just write about nothing else for two days afterwards. It's it's as bad as the coverage of River and Bocca. And, and and <laughs> Silva has crap. been
1: probably clearly the best striker in the league for the last two years and he has been strongly linked with Bocca. Yeah, yeah and kind of Vélez's manager, Ricardo Garreca,
0: very much not pleased with him. Uh, not pleased with Bocca for bringing those those rumours up as well. Uh,
3: the, 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 thing, the thing with these celebrations is, to me, the, what really annoys me is that Everything is really staged, so mm-hmm. yeah. I don't yeah, feel the emotion. That's the yeah, I don't, I don't see the the emotion in Silva with yeah. his course. He's more worried to find his contact on the field, who's gonna help him recreate some stupid <laughs> some scene. scene from, yeah. Yeah. and <laughs> if he's not pretending to get on a motorbike with Maxi Morales, <laughs> yeah. is li- lighting a candle. I mean, having I a heart come attack.
0: Come yeah. Yeah. It, it makes me wonder if if, if were to obviously. It, it probably isn't going to happen but if Veles were to battle through to the semi-final of the Copa Libertadores and Santiago Silva were to score the winning goal in the tie kind of 95 minutes I- I into the second leg would he still <laughs> just kind of stage this celebration or would he do what you should do when that happened to go yeah, absolutely eh?
3: mental I, I want to see a Tardelli kind of celebration in exactly. you know, Italy in 82 but that, that, that is what really annoys me Like, mm. It's, mm. it's not emotion it's like when the commentators they go go like like if you if they were in a kind of an opera yeah. reality mm. show or whatever it's not it's not <laughs> coming from the heart you know <laughs> sounds
1: like a great yeah show. it's like Opera Idol Opera <laughs> Idol Opera
3: Idol Idolo de la Opera but it's it's, it's, it's really annoying because it's, it's a good thing when when you're not watching like you're doing something else and yeah. you have the TV on yeah. and you're not really interested because yeah you know if the it rules. wasn't I for really that you, know, actually, you miss the
0: goal I was doing it earlier today I had um, Man City against uh, uh, Liverpool on Sorry, Liverpool against Man City. On whilst I was doing something else in in the other room, and obviously you know you've you turned the volume up, and you know when the goal's been scored, so I'm yeah. able to kind of run
3: yeah. through. That helps, and watch but, it. but uh, when you're really watching the game, and and the guy goes goal, and it was only the the, the first goal in a four-one defeat yeah, for the team, a, and it's, it's like tapping from two yards. It, out yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it takes away the emotions. Takes away the emotion from all the other important goals. Yeah, but uh, sorry, going back to to the, to the subjects at had, which was this weekend's games. Yeah, I'm surprised uh, um, Argentinos keeps yeah. playing games with Mystic Dan because yeah. he that can continues
2: tipping them to lose, and they just keep letting him down. Right.
3: Yeah, and sometimes they go they go behind in score, and they pull back a, <laughs> an equaliser, and this time he picked him picked them to lose again.
1: No, as I said previously, I just can't see them.
3: Remind going us who against
1: it. them. Gura yeah. which as we said uh, is, a, is a very good team but uh, as, as Seba pointed out to me before we came on they, they've got an away trip to uh, Liga de Quito in midweek so my prediction is not looking that solid but yeah I, I just can't see Argentinos going through the whole season undefeated. <laughs> they got to lose
3: sometime.
0: They definitely need to win server. I think they're they are definitely need to win. Of on no, no, no. Liga has Yeah, yeah. yeah they're got, got such points. Yeah.
3: They are level on points. They need to win in the altitude. I don't it's remember risk, yeah. I don't remember Liga de Quito losing at home in previous years no, in no, Copa they, Libertadores. They
0: won the Copa Libertadores and the Sudamericana. Yeah. On the strength of some very good home performances as well uh, in, in the last and having
3: years. Bieler as a as your striker yeah. as your striker <laughs> that that is quite something. Yeah. That, that, that is... As Newell's are finding out now, he's yeah. not the he's not the most free-scoring striker. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely they need to win to advance, go through to the round of 16 Copa Libertadores, and just to mention the campaign for Argentine clubs in the Copa Libertadores, Estudiantes are through. Right, Vélez, they need to win. They have to play
0: Caracas. I mentioned this on my blog last week because I never thought I'd find myself saying it. Caracas, a-, a Venezuelan side, at top of the group in the Libertadores, going mm, into the yeah. last game. It-, it says something for what's been happening in Venezuelan football over the last few years. Car- Caracas actually beat River in the Libertadores group stages. Back when River were last in the Libertadores, yeah. which feels like a very long time ago now. But that was the kind of that was the point when I think a lot of South American commentator started sitting up and taking notice, and, you know, because no, no Venezuelan side had ever won against uh, an Argentine side in Argentina until that point, even including at national team level, in fact. And so Venezuelan football, much as the national team, is still one of the, the whipping boys of South America. It, it's kind of, it's on the up, generally mm-hmm. speaking. Yeah. yeah.
3: Then, then we've got Independiente, of course. We already mentioned their scenario. And the last one is Argentinos Juniors, Argentinos who yeah. also need a win. He, against, they could, they, I Luminense. think they could advance with a with draw, depending yeah, on the other sure. result. I, yeah. I think, I think they they're, they're the minutes.
0: ones who are ahead on goal difference, because yeah. I don't ah, okay. remember, there's one Argentine side who are tied for points, second and third. Yeah. And um, one of them are ahead on goal difference, and that, I think that's why um, Godoy-Cruz were ahead of Liga on goal differences. Argentinos are ahead of... Uh, who else is in the group? They're, they're playing Fluminense and... Uh, America
3: is top of the group at the moment, right. America then de Mexico, Na- Nacional of Uruguay are yeah, third. So, and so Argentinos or, are just or ahead or of Uber Nacional out. on Fluminense are last. Of the, all of the four teams in that group, they, they could all advance, they could all... Yeah. Yeah, uh, except for Fluminense, America, Fluminense. they could all, could all get eliminated. Yeah. So Argentinos threw with a win, threw with a draw, yeah. and could could go through with a the, with the, the defeat
0: yeah. yeah and we do have a couple of listeners regularly in Brazil by the way so if I mispronounce Fluminense hopefully then Fluminense 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 okay Fluminense. I, I, I've always been told when talking Portuguese just cut the E and pronounce it in a slightly funny way if it's an S or a T before it <laughs> so I apologise <laughs> to the Brazilians listening to handle. <laughs> that's it for Argentine of the Libertadores isn't it It's yeah yeah so at this stage okay we did this a couple of weeks ago before the last round of games have been played, what do we now think is going to be the situation? Who's going to go through and who's going to go out, do we think? Um, Obviously Independiente, are, let's say, are already out, yeah. pretty much. Estudiantes already through. So Vélez, Argentinos, Godoy Cruz, what do we think? I'm,
3: I'm thinking Vélez and Argentinos will go through mm-hmm. to join Estudiantes and Godoy Cruz, Independiente, both in the same group, will be eliminated. Okay. That's my take.
2: I think I have to agree with my uh, Racing Compañero here, yeah. <laughs> I'd love Godway to go through because I love to watch him. Wh- love to watch him play, but I just can't see him getting a win in Quito. It's just too much of an ask. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I haven't, uh, to be honest, I haven't watched that much uh, Libertadores. I'm waiting for the for the knockout stages. So, mm. Yeah, that sounds sounds yeah, reasonable I'd, to me. i
0: would go along with all three actually. I'd, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's it's very boring to say it and to have a kind of. Universality of opinion, but yeah, I mean, what Dan said, I'd, I'd really, really love Godoy to be able to pull off the win during midweek, but I can't see it happening in in Quito. On that note, we'll uh, love you and leave you for another week. Um, it's it's goodbye from me, Sam Kelly, and goodbye from both of the Dans and from Seba. Bye. Ciao, ciao, ciao. Zombie's not here to wish you farewell, but I'll send you his love. He's left a nice, lovely, smelly pile
3: of poo just in the corner, which we've all been breathing in
2: for the last few hours.